What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Tells you I'm alive. Yeah. That is fantastic. What, oh, what do we have this morning? Since we weren't here yesterday morning, I'm sure we've got some issues to discuss this morning that are, well, I don't really like to talk about politics in the morning, and neither do you, but sometimes it's unavoidable. Do you have anything special that you'd like to talk about today? Because if not, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, um, just, just kind of something in passing the... Um the new chief, uh, uh, the what is it, security, whatever that the hell a position is, uh, security chief, I think, or sick, sick, I don't know, whatever the hell. I'm trying to see if they say who it is. Well, anyway, wh- wh- whatever the position is, um, basically, um, it's now being touted, said that Al Qaeda is more dangerous now than it's been in a while. So, oh, yeah. Congrats, guys. We're, we're going to go into Middle East again. Yeah. Uh, well, before Biden. Yeah. Before Biden even said, so help me, God, uh, we were already back in Syria. So honestly, you know, congrats. Uh, but with that said, um, the U.S. Navy is testing a solar satellite, quote unquote. This is designed to beam power back to the Earth uh, anywhere on the Earth. It's um, about three meters in size, roughly. And it currently has enough power to, or excuse me, it, it'll absorb enough solar energy to power an, an iPad. Really? That much? Yeah. Yeah, that, that much. Um, a, a pizza box. So we're going to have to have a bunch of pizza box sized objects flying around the earth to power one country's ipad or you know so uh, yeah ipads and ipads for each individual so so this is basically i mean this is this is not exactly a a breakthrough energy replacement for the masses that i was expecting no no this this is not breakthrough at all Uh, if they were to do something like this and i don't know maybe have some kind of solar or or some kind of uh a device such as that that they would put closer to the sun and put it on the side of the sun that the earth isn't you know and maybe transmit power that way back to the earth maybe something like that would be effective you know Bruce, you're work. talking about you're talking about things that make sense we can't have that yeah yeah i mean something like that might might be effective uh but i don't know I mean, you have other options like um, maybe doing some some kind of power generation on like Mercury. I mean, you already have a, a, a location to, that's close to the sun. You could use robots and whatnot to place it there. It's not too hot to destroy electronics, though. Solar panels that might be a problem. But well, anyway. the thing about the thing about the solar panels, though, I mean, we were listening to uh, to Elon Musk talking about that, and the solar panels were really at the limit, literally the limit of what solar panels can actually do. And when when I say the limit, I'm not talking about the limit of current technology. I'm talking about the limit of what they're going to be able to do forever. As in the technology for solar panels can't really go much further than what it is now. Yeah. This is pretty Currently, much it. Yeah, it's like 20, 25% efficiency roughly somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. 
And to go anything higher than that, we're going to have to have some huge advancements in solar technology. And it's just, we're, we're not there. And he's not foreseeing any of that changing. So no, it, and they won't allow the that. They won't allow that change anyway. That like the the uh, the people that are in uh, in the the driver's seat right now of stifling all this innovation. They they don't yeah. want that uh, to to go any further. They would rather keep a bunch of things that don't work and and keep humanity from advancing. That's what all this is about. An interesting question, real quick. Do do you happen to know off the top of your head the efficiency rating of of actual plants to convert energy? Plants like biomass for like like grass or or something you know photosynthesis the the, the efficiency of that I'm, I'm curious if their efficiency is about the same as a solar panel because if that's the case then uh, it's kind of even a at a evolutionary standpoint that we've re- reached the limit if you will i don't know how much more we can push the envelope off the top of my head i don't know that answer no i'm not far enough along in my uh, environmental science book which I am actually reading at the moment. However, I did learn that a single water molecule can circulate in the ocean for around two to 3,000 years before it's ever evaporated. I mean, that's kind of fascinating. I mean, that's good knowledge, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I didn't know that. Some... I didn't know that. I mean, how many people that are listening right now knew that? <laughs> who wouldn't who I mean, know that? As far as expanding your knowledge, that's that's interesting info because that, that could mean um, water at the bottom of the ocean has been there for thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, theoretically. Yeah. So it's, it's literally, I mean, you know, everything that I've read up to this point, and this is in this book that I was uh, showing you a couple of days ago, everything that's in that book, it's everything that we pretty much already knew, but it's in much greater detail. So like example, yeah. that, I never knew that. And it's it's fascinating to uh, to learn about, you know, our, our planet and, and those types of things. And they're talking about real science based stuff that we know. But uh, I was actually reading about in there, I was actually reading about the core. And it's basically it's an iron and nickel core, our, our core here in the planet, planet Earth. And at the moment, it's only theorized about a lot of what goes on down there. No one really knows because mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the pressure and the temperatures are really too great. I mean, it's, it is even theorized as to how hot it actually is. Yep. They, they, they don't really know. They don't really know. No, they, so. they don't know. They, they don't really know. All right. Um, the Army is building the world's most powerful laser ever. It's good news, right? That sounds fun. Uh, yeah. What, what, uh, do they say what the power of it is? The U.S. Army wants to develop a new laser weapon that is more powerful than existing weapons by nearly three orders of magnitude. The service posted a notice for the prospective new weapon at the Pentagon's Small Business Investment Research website, calling the weapon the Tactical Ultra Short Pulsed Laser for Army Platforms. Where do they come up with these names? Why, why is it the military comes up with some crazy stuff to name their projects? The army believes it can merely aim the laser at a drone to both damage it and fry its electronic guts. I thought we already had this one. Uh, I've well, already yeah, seen but, lasers shoot down drones. Yeah, but they want to do something different with this one. They want they want this one to do like they want this to be uh, like really really powerful and be I guess quicker on the quicker on the mark. I've seen some of the lasers today uh, punch through like a an inch of steel. Yeah, well, I think it, I, mean, I think this would, okay. So this one they say the army is building most powerful weapons. Said it will fire one trillion watts of energy in one quadrillionth of a second. Does that answer your question? Yeah, so a terawatt for a short 200 femtosecond. 
Femtosec, that's a new one. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. So, but it's literally what you just said, but they're using one quadrillion the actual terms. Seconds. Yeah, okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Most military lasers are continuous wave lasers or those that blast a target with a continuous beam of energy. Continuous wave lasers need that blast because they work effectively like blowtorches, which is what you just said, heating the surface of a target, say a flying drone, until the parts melt off, including aerodynamic failure and a crash or the fuel or explosive payload explodes. The problem is that sometimes continuous wave lasers, often in the kilowatt class, this was in the this will be in the uh, what was it? Terawatt. Terawatt, which is actually two above a uh, kilowatt, correct? Yeah, so yeah, it'd be kilowatt, kilowatt then gigawatt, megawatt, and then, and then or megawatt, gigawatt, and then yeah, yeah the next one. Gigawatt, terawatt. Is, is it gig- it's the same. It's the same as storage. Uh, they need to focus. Let me see. Uh, often in the kilowatt class, they need to focus on a single point on a target for a few seconds for it to work properly. So ultra short pulse lasers, however, which is the one that they're working on, would trade duration for power. Firing a one terawatt, two hundred. What'd you call it? Femtosecond is what Fem- I'm femtosecond guessing. Femtosecond long. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is one quadrillionth of a second. That's that's fast. Burst of laser energy for context. One terawatt is one trillion watts, while one femtosecond of a second is equivalent to one quadrillionth of a second. Unlike continuous wave lasers, which simply burn, the Army says the USPL systems can neutralize threats with three distinct mechanisms. Abolition of material, tar- or material from the target, the blinding of the sensors through broadband supercontinuum generation in the air, and the generation of a localized electronic interference used to overload a threat's internal electronics. This is way above my pay grade. This is like science fiction stuff. This is crazy. Uh, the last method of threat neutralization is particularly interesting. Electromagnetic pulse is typically considered a side effect of a nuclear detonation. True. A process by which an exploding nuclear bomb releases electromagnetic energy. The energy builds up in an electronic device near an explosion, shorting them out and rendering them inoperable. But natural events can cause EMPs too. Solar flares, for example, right? Same thing. Solar flares. Yeah, basically, it, 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 it would trigger the same effects that an EMP does, but it's not right. technically an EMP in the sense. EMPs are really actually easy to make. You could literally take a capacitor of some kind, right? Chart, put energy into it and run it through a, a wire coil, you know? So those homemade magnets you, you learned to make as a kid, you could send a, you could send a quick pulse through that coil and it would create an EMP. Uh, it's fairly weak compared to a nuke, but yeah, you could, you could make one at home technically. Uh, and they do go on here to talk about like uh, mass coronal ejections and, uh, and all that stuff, which is basically the same thing. So basically this laser is designed to vaporize at least the outer casing of the drone and also trigger an EMP to fry the circuitry. Mm-hmm. That, that's basically what this laser is designed to do. All right. Getting away from the sci-fi stuff. Let's talk about video games. Illinois is going to ban Grand Theft Auto amid rising carjackings. I thought I thought Grand Theft Auto was already a crime. <laughs> I, I, okay. <laughs> I know you mean the video game. This is okay, so I am assuming this has to do with yeah, okay, right. It's got to do with what's going on in Chicago with all the carjackings. I, I assume that's probably what they're referencing there, because clearly, you know, video games make people extremely violent. You know, it, it's nothing to do with the research that shows that video games actually um, the, the ones that are, you know, uh, in the past, uh, uh, like school shooters and those kind. They were depraved before uh, they started into finding videos of these kind of atrocities, if you will. Instead, research shows for video games, the average person, the normal human being, if you will, they typically, it's, it's cathartic almost. 
for them. You know, these games, they have ratings on them. I mean, yeah. they, they've got rating systems that we've put on them, just like we did with the movies and, and all the rest of it. But they don't really do much good if the parents go out and buy them for them, do they? They, they don't really do much good. So, I mean, like Grand Theft Auto, for example, it's got in the U.S., it has what's called an M rating or a mature rating. And on the EU side of things, they have what's called a Peggy rating, which is uh, usually 18 years old for this particular game. So 17 in the U.S. 17. OK, mm-hmm. so nonetheless, I mean, it doesn't do any good. It, it doesn't do any good if you've got a parent that says what bitch, which, you know, what do they do? What, what does a parent do these days? They throw an Xbox in front of their kids and say, here you go. Rather than take them out in the yard and throw the ball around with them or anything like that, they don't do that anymore. So here's an I mean, Xbox. Leave me alone. Whether whether or not it's you think it's good or bad parenting practice, it's not the, the role of the government to initiate some kind of system to regulate that, in my opinion. Oh, I, I can agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I don't like the fact that the government does that. It should be the responsibility of the parent to say, yeah, sorry, you're not going to be around this kind of stuff now until you get a little bit older. You get a little bit older, you want to go out and you want to buy that stuff, that's your decision. That's the way it was when I was growing up, and I don't see anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. I remember yeah. I wanted to watch, uh, I wanted to watch, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't an adult movie, but it was an R-rated movie for the time mm-hmm. when I was a kid, when they still had video stores. And I picked it out and I said, I want to see this. It was like, uh, I, want to, I want to say it was like the uh, one of the Friday the 13th movies, you know, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, Jason Voorhees, you know, the dude with a hockey mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one of those. And my parents were like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. And of course, they rented it for themselves. That was fine. <laughs> but sure, uh, sure. that was that was for them to watch after all us kids went to bed. And if you got caught sitting on the stairs, you know, watching through the doorway, then you were in trouble. So out of curiosity, do you do you um, do you see me as a violent person at all? On recording or off recording? <laughs> <laughs> to to put no, it in no, perspective. I, no, I don't. No. no. If somebody were to be violent because of video games and movies watched, I would be the prime example of that. The amount of hours I've put into games like Call of Duty or games like GTA or games like Battlefield, if video games really do make someone violent, then someone like me, you would see these uh, video game nerds that spend hours and hours of the sweaties out there, as we call them, that play these games so I mean, I, I know of people from around here that have made thousands of dollars doing competitions in video games. If video games made people violent, then conversely, movies make people violent as well. I don't see it personally. Um, I, I'm, uh, when you know me in real life, I am not a violent person at all. So I, 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 I can't see it. There's no research backing what they're saying here. Yeah, I, I've been around this stuff for, uh, you know, since I was a kid, too. I mean, it started with um, it, it started with the Nintendo, right? Well, it's actually I mean, if you want to go with the Atari before that. But I mean, it was the Nintendo. What do we have? We, we had Duck Hunt, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was always the kid that tried to with all the different shooting games that they had for the Nintendo. I was always the person that shot the innocent civilian that was, <laughs> you know, that yeah. was on the thing just for fun. Yeah. Right. Just to screw yeah. it up. And, and you hear all the other kids say, oh, what'd you shoot the innocent one for? You know, that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Well, this all started, though, this controversy or, or it really hit the mainstream because of Mortal Kombat. Uh, back in the day, the finishing moves yeah. that you could do back then were pretty, yeah. I mean, they were pretty brutal gruesome. for that time that period, gruesome, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is it was pixels. It, it's, it's, it, it's not real. Majority of human beings are capable of understanding that this is fake and it doesn't happen. And, you know, this isn't, it, it's, it's another case of do video games cause people to be violent? No. 
Are there outliers? Yes, but they're going to be violent with or without the video game. So why are we, again, regulating things because of the minority? Why? It's the same thing we're seeing with COVID. It's the same kind of, it's the same regulation we see that the government tries to push. It's why are we regulating for a minority and trying to control the majority with it? That it makes no sense logically. Okay. How do you reverse it then? I'm not talking about from a government standpoint. I mean, we're talking here about the government stepping in and trying to do something that the parents themselves should be doing. The government is, is essentially, they're taking the role of the parent, the responsible parent onto their shoulders when they have no right to do so. And I agree with that. But how do you, how do you get to the point where, how do we get ourselves back to a point where you don't have the government taking this step and we have society correcting it itself? So in the case of video games, first of all, I don't think that narrative is going to change because our parents' generation were taught, they, they, were, they were propagandized, if you will, right? The propaganda machine uh, said video games cause violence. And that's been the narrative and the no. conservative side of things no. for the longest I, time. I don't believe that. I, I've never believed I don't that. either. No. Because of that, I don't think there'll be a change, at least in this generation. However, to affect change, you're going to have to stand up at the local level, state and local level. You're going to have to stand up and say, uh, no, uh, this isn't. No, we're not going to do this. This is not OK. You don't tell us what we can and can't do. We will decide it for ourselves. So it, it, it's it comes down to you as the individual voting and, and standing up and for your, it, you know, it's the same thing we've been talking about the entire time for other things like relation to COVID and taxes and whatnot. But we're having to fight a propaganda arm. Of, mm-hmm. of the left wing and yeah there this is this is them scapegoating yeah the arguments they're making here are, are pretty pathetic to be fair i mean honestly and I, i'm not i'm not just saying that i mean you could really i mean if you're gonna try and and step in and do what they're doing you could make a little bit better better argument than this what's to stop them to, from doing this for, for movies for example well yeah it's yeah there's just that well the movies are crap anyway but i mean the, the box office was suffering before COVID. So um, honestly, I think people are walking away from movies. And you know what? Honestly, I think as wokeness continues to invade the video game realm, which we've talked about that before, if it continues, then people will walk away from that too. They're going to destroy everything. They're going to destroy everything. The bill would prohibit the sale of some of these games. See, it's not just GTA. Some of these games that promote the activities we're suffering from in our communities. Well, what could that be? What could that be? That could be anything you say from now on. The communities have been so devastated over the last half century that this could be any number of things. They started something called Operation Safe Pump, right, which is to stop carjackings at gas stations and shopping centers. Uh, They met in January and highlighted the issue on a number of cases, uh, uh, excuse me, on a high number of cases uh, and carjackings in different areas. This is an individual that started Operation Safe Pump. He contacted several state legislatures to ban the GTA video game. He observed similarities in local carjacking incidents and actions players can make in the video game. Maybe he's a player himself. He says, I feel like this game has become a huge issue in this spectrum. When you compare the two, you see harsh similarities, and it relates to these carjacking. But yeah, so, so video games are a copy uh, of real life. They're they're a character. They're an overcharacterization of real life. Yeah, that's exactly what they did with television when it first came out. They didn't really know what to do with it. Like television came out, and it, like you can make the, you can draw similarities here in the in the infancy of it because video games have come a very long way. But now you get to a point where they're graphically almost indistinguishable from what you see on television because of the advances we've made in technology. Yeah, you can still tell that it's computer generated. Okay, yeah, I get it. But still, the, the similarities are they're getting closer, especially yeah, with, getting when better. you start. Yeah, they're getting a lot better. But 
back to my original point, when TV first came out, when television first came out, no one really knew what to do with it. So uh, to create content on television, I mean, if you look back in the early days of when television was out, man, the content was pretty boring and bland by today's standards. But they didn't really know what to do to get people's attention other than create what they already knew. So you created life. You, you, You recreated life in a sense that everyone could relate to it. Hence, you had shows like The Andy Griffith Show. You had shows like Dragnet. You had shows like The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and all the rest of them. They created these shows based on what people would deal with in day-to-day life, albeit with, you know, a comedic side to it or uh, a more serious side to it. And they would send messages through those shows. Now, they had in what you could consider in that particular sense, what's called white propaganda, which is usually the truth. They were trying to promote a good, healthy, truthful message about things. If you were to go back and watch shows during that time, Dragnet, for example, you could see where they were trying to promote a culture of discouraging drug use uh, and and promote a culture of good, healthy communities and and what to do in certain situations and, and how to build your community up for the better, not tear it down. And so you compare that to today, you look at it with video games. They're running out of ideas in the video game realm. We've known that for a long time. And so everything's been changing, but now they're almost full circle. They're right back to where they started. They don't know what else to create other than what is actual life. For example, GTA, right? You, you run around and you cause havoc and, and do all the rest of it. But um, I, I see similarities. I, I, I really do. Just, I mean, in the in the origins of moving into the realms of, of more um, immersive video games. Honestly, this is, like I said, this is a scapegoat. This is them trying to pin it on something else instead of their, themselves. So my question is, what are you doing to encourage families on a, lo- you know, on your, at, at, in your local area, right? Are you, do you have welfare systems in place that are encouraging families to, uh, I don't know, single mom, not having an adult male in the household, popping out babies? Do you have policies to encourage lower education? Maybe you should look at your policies that you have passed instead of trying to scapegoat it on a video game on a, on a medium of entertainment and instead look at your societal trends that you're encouraging. So correct the things at home first with the families and quit encouraging those things that I listed there. And uh, maybe you would have a better community. Bruce, I'm not getting the feeling that you're on board with this whole agenda to ban video games like this. Nah, it's honestly, this is going to be another, you want to have another war on drugs. Okay, let's have a war on video games. And has the war on drugs been a success? Absolutely not. All right, we're out of time this morning, so we are going to have to go. But thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.